note before I begin. So, Rabbi Lizzie mentioned earlier, I'll be touching on themes of depression and suicide. There's space in the lobby that you're welcome to use. The folks to keep you company until I'm done talking, Rabbi Dean will be out there. Uh, Seth, our amazing rabbinic assistant, who is also training to be a social worker, is out there. There's no shame in needing to step out at any time. The book of Leviticus, which we just began reading this week, opens with a description of the various kinds of sacrifices offered by the Israelites. These offerings of meat and of grain and of oil and incense were less gifts for a demanding deity and more a mode of maintaining that connection, that closeness between humankind and God. The visceral nature of sacrifice, the blood and the sweat and the smoke of these rituals was meant to provoke us both spiritually and physically. It was a reminder as we handed over our hard-earned offerings to the priest, that we were connected to the source of creation. Each of us, an impossible consequence of elements colliding over billions of years, the Hebrew word for sacrifice, korban, is etymologically linked to the word karov, to draw close, to come near. And standing just a few feet from that altar, reminded not only of our origin, but the origin of all things, we were called back into intimate and immediate relationship with life itself. And it is precisely this reason to reconnect us with the source of life that the various kinds of sacrifices were prescribed. There was the peace offering for people who had found that in a time of incredible uncertainty, they had persevered with courage, and with integrity. There was the guilt offering for people who had alienated themselves from society through theft or lies. There was the sin offering for people who had committed various other transgressions, including leading others to harm. There was the burnt offering given by people who had experienced illness or survived childbirth. Each of these individuals, whether through their own decisions or the decisions of others, had experienced doubt. Can I make it? Do I belong? Am I good? Will I survive? And in that very moment, afraid and vulnerable and broken, are called through sacrifice back into relationship with the very thing that affirms the one precious life that we have been given, whether you call that thing God or something else. It was the responsibility of the individual to bring their sacrifice to the altar. No one else could do it for them. But it also would have been impossible to do this without community. The farmer who harvested the grain, the shepherd who reared the sheep, the woodcutter who gathered the logs, and the attendant who kindled the fire, the artisans who built the altar itself, the Levites who carried it to its appointed place, and the priests who anointed it. This sacred moment of reconnection was facilitated by countless individuals, whether they knew that person or not. So yes, it was the responsibility of the individual to bring their sacrifice, but it was also the responsibility of the community 
to ensure that this could happen. As each person placed their offering on the altar, they did it in the presence of others, some there to celebrate and some there to mourn, some to give thanks and some to make amends, who in their coming provided witness for one another. No one stood in the Mishkan, that sacred gathering place, alone. When we started Maggie's Place six years ago, it came from the recognition that the health and well-being of each individual should be the responsibility of the entire community. You can find a lot of what we do at other synagogues, referral lists, support groups, safe social spaces. But what sets us apart and what I am so proud of is that Maggie's Place makes explicit through the allocation of thought and time and resources that our physical and psychological health is essential to our spiritual well-being. Our physical and psychological health is essential to our spiritual well-being. It is an extension of the stated mission of radical inclusivity that Mishkan, this sacred gathering place that we have built together, is not only for our best selves, but it is also for our fearful selves and our vulnerable selves and our broken selves. This is the blueprint for sacred community outlined in the Torah. Mm. The rabbis explained that when the Mishkan was finished, the tablets bearing the Ten Commandments were placed in the ark, the centerpiece of this incredible construction, the dwelling place of God. Yet we're told that not only the whole tablets were contained in the ark, but also the fragments of their predecessors, the tablets thrown to the ground and broken by Moses when he witnessed the Israelites worshiping the golden calf. At the sacred center of the Mishkan, the very place that God's presence was said to reside, the tablets that were a symbol of our highest aspirations and the tablets that reminded us of our faults were contained. Both welcome, both sacred. You are welcome here. Each of you is welcome here, whole and broken, even when that brokenness feels irreparable. And sometimes, and for some of us, that brokenness feels irreparable. I want to take a moment to talk about suicide. I want to talk about suicide because it is one of the leading causes of death in this country Regardless of age, or ethnicity, or religion, or socioeconomic status, or gender, or sexual identity. And I also want to talk about suicide because it is more pronounced among the individuals who have been pushed to the margins of society. The very people that our tradition, the Jewish tradition, calls us to protect. People living in isolation. People who are overworked and underpaid. People who have been subjected to the violence of war. People who have been told that because of who they are or whom they love, that they are somehow defective or deviant. I also want to talk about suicide because it is here with us in this room. A silent scar carried by survivors and the loved ones of those who did not survive. Suicide is an answer 
to the same question that caused our ancestors to doubt their ability and their worth. Can I make it? Do I really belong? Am I good? Will I survive? It is an affirmation of the message that the world is better off without us, whether it's because that is what we're hearing from others or whether it's because we feel like a burden on those around us. Suicide is a rupture with the value of our own existence. I know this message, that the world is better off without us because at one point I believed it myself. And while it was up to me to reconnect with my own inherent worth and dignity, it took a community, a community to facilitate that journey. I owe the fact that I am alive in this room with you here today to the Mishkan, that sacred gathering place that was built around me by countless individuals, the mother who loved me, the family who chose me, the friends who celebrated me, the therapists who counseled me, the teachers who inspired me, the mentors who believed in me. While it was my responsibility to bring my korban, my offering of love for this one precious life that I had been given, it could only happen because the community saw it as their responsibility to ensure that this could happen. So here's something I firmly believe, and our tradition believes this as well. If you are alive at this moment, it is because you bring something so desperately needed by the world that the universe conspired you into being. If you are alive at this moment, it is because you and only you bring something so desperately needed by this world that the universe conspired you into being. Each of you, each and every one of you, is the consequence of billions of years of cosmic dust colliding and ripping itself apart so that your life could occur right here, right now. That's amazing. And if that is the case, it must, because, it must be because you and only you are the only possible result of that incredible celestial dance. As Rabbi Nachman taught, the day you were born was the day that God decided that the world could no longer exist without you in it. So how do we help each other remember and reconnect with the miracle of our being alive? How do we build a mishkan that allows us to bring our whole and our broken selves back into the center of this sacred community? So the book of Leviticus begins with the line, Vayikra el Moshe, Vaydebera Adonai elav me'oho mo'ed lemor. And God called to Moses, speaking to him from the tent that stood at the center of the mishkan, saying to him, the rabbis are curious about the three different words used for this dialogue, Vayikra, Vaydebera, lemor, that is God called and God spoke and God said. Why use each of these synonyms? Leviticus is largely concerned with teaching the Israelites how to build a functioning society with an emphasis on ritual, on law, on ethics. Yet the necessary precursor of community is to enter relationship with one another, 
modeled here by God and by Moses. To call out when in need, mm. to speak words of comfort and care to one another, and to remain in dialogue through the words that we say and the actions that we take. Mm. To call out when in need, it is okay to ask for help, even if you don't know what kind of help you're looking for. It is okay to ask for help, even if you don't know what the help looks like. Remember that like the hole and the broken tablets bundled together in the ark, your broken self belongs at the center of this sacred community or any other sacred community just as much as your whole self. To speak words of comfort and care to one another. In a recent training that we did as a staff, I was taught about this idea of observational language, words that say, I see you, without making any assumption about what we're seeing. I saw that you stood up during Kaddish. I noticed that you seem a bit down. I missed you at class the other day. These are all ways of saying, I notice, I see you, I care, and I'm here to listen, if you're ready to speak. And to remain in dialogue through the words that we say and the actions that we take, it is essential that we continue to talk about suicide and mental health. By continuing the conversation as we are able, together we can end, we can end the stigma that prevents so many from seeking the help that they need. Give of yourselves, of your time, of your resources to ensure that spaces like Maggie's Place remain an open and essential part of our community. The Torah tells us that the Mishkan was created when each of the Israelites gave what they could. Some brought materials for its construction. Some brought the skills required for its assembly. Some brought the vision for its execution. Some brought very little and some brought a lot, each according to their ability. Yet we are told that every single gift, every single gift, big or small, was essential for its creation. This Mishkan, this sacred space, can only be created when each of us shows up and recognizes that what we offer is not only enough, it is good enough. You, with that one precious life that you have been given, are good enough. You're good enough. You're good enough.
Shabbat Replay is a production of Mishkan Chicago. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kalman Strauss. You can always see where and when our next service will be on our calendar. There's a link in the show notes. And if you appreciated the program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I know you've heard it before, but it really does help. On behalf of Team Mishkan, thank you for listening.